Uh, well, this morning, uh, I wanted to share a word on something that God's been doing in me and He's been showing me through the last six months or so. Um, and so this morning, I'm going to be preaching out of First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 and 18. And I love how uh, the Holy Spirit speaks through each and every one of us because already Pastor Leah and both uh, Pastor Cheryl have touched a little bit here and there on, on the things that I'm going to be sharing this morning. And so uh, they've set the way, they've paved the way. And so let's continue on this walk. Uh, verse 16 says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This morning I wanted to preach about joy. I want to preach about joy. But first, let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I set this side, time aside for you. I set this moment aside for you to speak through us. God, I pray that you speak to me as I share your word today, Heavenly Father, Lord. And I pray that your word shall not return void, but let it be power. Let it be growth for each and every child of God. And in the name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. So as I said at the beginning, this is something that God has been showing and, and revealing to me. And I pray, I'm not pointing any fingers today, but I pray that it blesses you guys through it all. And so in the last um, few weeks, Pastor Owen has been sharing on the wilderness. And who's, who's, who enjoyed that series on the wilderness? It's been a blessing. It's been amazing. Um, and in a way, I've kind of felt like the last five, six, seven months, I've been walking through a wilderness myself. And this word this morning, it, it kind of goes along with what Pastor Alan shared in the wilderness. You could almost attach it onto the end, but it's also a separate thing in and of itself. Um, and so in the last few months, there have been a challenge. I think everyone's been through challenges, not only in the last few months, but the last few years. Um, in the last few months for the Emsley family, there's been a lot of change, a lot of uh, hardships, a lot of challenges along the way from, you know, uh, many of you would know I practice as a physio um, and there came a time in December where that was taken away and I stopped doing that and changed direction of what I was doing career-wise and that kind of, in a way, surprised me. Um, I, I was excited about moving into ministry full-time, but I hadn't realized the impact of, you know, six, seven years of study and five, six years of, of working in the industry to all of a sudden overnight be stop. As, as great as ministry is, when you set aside so much time to a certain direction in a certain profession and then it changes, it, it kind of took me aback. We also had challenges of, of um, we were moving house, at the beginning of the year, our lease was finishing up. We were living on the Sunshine Coast at the time. I just finished practicing physio, which is reasonably well-paying, solid income, respectable uh, industry to work in. And then to, to kind of fill the gap past Katie, she started doing her own business, which is graphic design and websites and all that kind of stuff, marketing. And it, it was doing really well, but in the eyes of the rental market, in eyes of property managers, a few months history of income isn't enough to secure a house. 
And so we, were, we, we prayed and God came through and, and did a miracle and we were blessed with a house that kind of sprung out of nowhere. In fact, it came to us rather than us having to go to it. And so over the few months as they went on, there was all these different things and it felt like a wilderness, but through the whole time, God was doing miracles. The whole time God was doing miracles. But there was a moment where we had, if you remember the the six, 21 days, sorry, 21 days of prayer and fasting. And it was in the middle of this where the journey kind of started. We were singing Jaira, great song. But there was a challenge or the Holy Spirit kind of highlighted a particular verse. It was, I will be content in every circumstance. I will be content in every circumstance. And I had this moment of, I'm singing the words, but I really don't feel it. If I'm completely honest, I'm singing the words, but I don't feel content. I feel like I'm in the middle of the wilderness. I feel like nothing seems to be going right. Yes, God, you're doing miracles. I acknowledge that. Thank you. But it doesn't feel like I'm content in this moment. And so it kept developing further and the Holy Spirit kept showing me it didn't just stop at contentment, but it went to joy. I did not feel joyful at all. There, there, was, there was miracles, but somewhere along the line, I'd lost my joy. Has anyone felt like in the last few years, your joy has been taken away? If it hasn't been taken away, I guarantee that everyone in this room would feel like your joy has at least been attacked. And so we're in this weird, uh, right now in the last few months, and even still, we're kind of in this weird place of everybody's walked through the season of covid or you could almost say everyone's walked through the valley of the shadow of COVID. And I don't think anyone's come out the other side unscathed. We've all been seeing challenges. We've all been walking through these things. And I think one of the greatest things that has been attacked in the church, especially, is our joy. Have you heard of uh, or ever experienced... Um, the, the time where maybe you are getting a new car and all of a sudden you start seeing this car driving around everywhere. <laughs> or you see this hat and you're like, oh yes, I really want this hat or this watch or this phone or, or something like that. And then all of a sudden you start seeing everywhere. And I had this moment where it was like that with joy except I wasn't seeing it everywhere, but I was looking for it everywhere. I would see glimpses of it. I would see glimpses here and there, go to conferences, go to camps, go to church meetings, and you'd see glimpses of it. But the true essence of joy, I feel has been taken, has been attacked, has been stolen away from us. And so this morning, what I wanna do is we're going to go through a little bit of a Bible study to begin with, a little word study on joy, because as I started studying this word, this thing called joy, there was a distinct difference to happiness. The word joy in the Bible is written 430 times, specifically in the ESV translation, 430 times. Do you know how many times happiness is mentioned? 10. 430 times joy is mentioned and 10 times happiness is mentioned. 
that tells me that the people and God who wrote the Bible are trying to make a distinction here. Otherwise, I think the, the translations would be a, a little bit different. The, the waiting would be, we'd see happiness and gladness and things a few more times. But the, the people who wrote the Bible are making this distinction. And God want us, wants us to see this distinction between joy and happiness. Happiness is, a resp- is an emotional response. Happiness is a result of our circumstances. Joy is not. Happiness is the worldly, natural, emotional side of things. Joy is, as we'll continue to study about, is a fruit of the Spirit. And I think in this journey along the way over the last few months, somehow, you know how like Google and Instagram and Facebook and whatever, it's like they're always listening. All of a sudden you start seeing these things pop up. And there was this time I was scrolling through on Instagram and this business coach video comes up and he's talking about happiness because everybody's searching for happiness. Everyone wants fulfillment. They're all looking for satisfaction. And so this business coach is sharing about happiness and what he had to say was actually quite profound, but it actually made me a little bit sad. Have you heard of the, the, the disappointment analogy where you have expectation is set up here and then you have reality, which is down here, and the gap in the middle is disappointment. And what he was saying is, yes, this is absolutely true. So what you need to do to always be happy is you need to pull your expectation down to your reality, and then you'll always be happy. And I thought, yeah, sure, but what sort of way is that to live? If you're always pulling your, your expectation down to reality, you're only ever living at a certain level. So yes, it's true. Yes, you might be happy because your, your expectation is meeting reality, but the level to which you're living is, is diminished and, and withdrawn, and, and that's not what God wants for you. In fact, in Thessalonians, it says it's God will, God's will for us to live in joy. Now, if we go a little bit deeper into what joy is, the definition out of the, the Logos Bible study app says joy is closely related to gladness and happiness, although joy is more a state of being than it is an emotion. Joy is more a state of being than an emotion. It's a result of choice. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Having joy is part of the experience of being a Christian. Joy is closely related to the victory over one's enemies but specifically in the New Testament, it's related to salvation. So there's a lot in that definition of joy. A few challenging things in there as well. It says joy is a fruit of the Spirit, but happiness is an emotion. Happiness is a result of your circumstance. And joy is a lens that that you see your circumstances through. The most challenging part of that, especially as I'm going through this wilderness season, this valley, is it says that joy is a state of being and as a result of choice. That's a pretty challenging thing to read when you're, when you're not feeling the joy. Basically, it's pointing the finger at you and saying, well, you're the problem. 
But what it brings up is this tension of being joyful because it's your choice, but walking through the valley, going through a wilderness season. And so there's actually um, a video that I found that kind of illustrates this thing. And sometimes this is, this is almost what comes to mind when you think of joy being a choice. Let's turn our eyes to the screen. Are you crying? No, not I'm in. not. Okay. I'm happy. You're happy? Oh, yeah, you're laughing. Yeah. <laughs> Does anybody ever feel like that? Like you're going to show up to church or you're going to be in front of people and you're like, I've got all these struggles and things going on and I feel, really, I feel sad. But hey, how are you You're going? Yeah, how's everything? Oh, amazing. Praise God. It's all good. When really deep down inside you feel like crying. It doesn't have to be like that. It doesn't have to be like that. I think if, if the church lives in a place like this, it actually diminishes our joy. It diminishes, I think, our testimony. Joy is an important part of our walk as being a Christian. You cannot contain joy. Joy can be a testimony when it's truly lived out. But it can diminish it. You can detract from it when... when People work out that this is actually what's going on when you're just putting on a face, putting on a smile, and then work out deep, deep down inside that there's struggles. But I think when we really capture the true essence of joy is God gets all the more glory for it. When we can truly be joyful in the midst of our struggles, in the midst of our challenges, it points all to God. The greatest example I can think of this in the Bible is Paul. As Pastor Leah mentioned before, Paul, I don't know if he really spent much time on the mountaintop. Really, he spent a lot of time in the wilderness, in the valley. Paul went from city to city. He would walk in, preach the gospel, he'd get grabbed, beaten up, lashed, and kicked out. But for some reason, for some reason, Paul talks so much about joy, and it intrigued me. If this guy can get beaten up, lashed, whipped, spat on, accused, imprisoned, if, if he can sit in the jail and write so much about joy, what, what, what is it? H how does this work? How does he have joy in the midst of his struggle, sitting in a prison cell, and so he gives us a few clues in First Thessalonians. It says, rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. Now, I see this almost as an uh, algebraic equation in a way. You remember in algebra, it was like A plus B equals C, and then all of a sudden they decide to like switch it around, and it's like C equals C, C square rooted plus X, Y, Z. I think... The secret to being joyful, rejoicing always, is praying continually and giving thanks in all circumstances. The first point, praying continually, always be praying. The way I want us to look at this is the things in your life that are your struggles, the things in your life that are the negative things, the things in your life that are causing hurt, pray about it. 
all the time. Prayer is our first response to things. I've noticed that if I'm ever worried about something, I probably haven't prayed about it. I probably haven't prayed about it. And if I have prayed about it, did I leave it at the feet of Jesus? Or am I still holding on to it? I may not see the prayer answered. I may not see the situation come through. And I'll keep praying about it. But I'll stop worrying about it. Now the one thing we often pray in a wilderness season, a struggle, a hardship, is either God take it away or if we're really embracing this wilderness season, the other one would be God strengthen me. And I say pray for strength, absolutely. But in Nehemiah chapter eight, verse 10, it says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. So yes, I say pray, pray for joy, ask for jo- uh, sorry, strength, but we gotta find this place of joy. We gotta find this place of joy because if we can find joy, out of that will flow your strength to continue walking, to continue pushing through, to continue praying because the joy of the Lord will be your strength. A great analogy for that is to think of uh, a power socket where strength is the charge, but joy is the dock. Strength is the power, but you gotta plug into the joy to receive it. Because in the kingdom, our position in joy is how we access divine strength. It's your position in the kingdom, our position in joy, our position in Christ that gives us access to strength. The second point that uh, Paul gives us is to give thanks in all circumstances. Thankfulness can help to shift our perspective. I think the greatest thief of our joy can be comparison. When you're constantly looking around at other people, constantly looking at the blessings of other people, constantly looking at the miracles of other people, it'll steal your joy in a second. Because God has a blessing for you. He's got a miracle for you. He's called you to something. He's gifted you with something. And if you keep looking around at other people and not focusing on what God has put in front of you, there's no way that you can be joyful in what God has given you because you'll always be comparing to everybody else. Why him? Why her? Instead of thank you, God. Thank you, God. I shared this story with uh, our our dream team, our launch team a few weeks ago, but there was a, a few weeks ago I was actually feeling quite anxious before church and I couldn't, I couldn't work it out. I didn't know why I was feeling this way, but this, this particular Sunday morning I woke up and, and was feeling anxious. And I thought through everything and all the, all the dots seemed to line up, but I was feeling anxious. And so on the drive to, into church in the morning, 
along the way, there's a little nursery and they've got a truck out the front that they look to, like to put funny little sayings and puns and things on the front of it. And this particular morning, it said, let us be thankful. Lettuce, iceberg lettuce, cos lettuce, whatever lettuce you choose. But it said, let us be thankful. And I was like, God, I don't know if this is divine. I don't know if this is pure consequence. But I was like, that's right. That's right. I need to be thankful. And from that moment, I started thanking God for all the great things that He is doing, all the great things that He's put in front of me. And it shifted my perspective. No longer was I anxious. No longer was I worried because I was thankful. I want to up the ante a little bit because, yes, I have my wilderness season and, yes, it's been challenging, but I want to share the story of Corrie Ten Boom. Who's heard of Corrie Ten Boom? I actually haven't read too much or know too much about her, but she's, uh, she's a Danish author. Her and her sister were uh, taken to the, the camps in Germany during World War II. And I think as I started reading this, it kind of helped me put into perspective the, the true power of this concept. Her and her sister were taken to a concentration camp and they smuggled a, a little Bible in. And on the first few days of their arrival to camp, the, the verse of the day was 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. And so Corey turns to her sister and says, how in the world, how in the world can we be thankful in a concentration camp. Upon their arrival, they were met with deathly skinny and starved people. Conditions were horrible. And their little shack, which was supposed to be where they lived, their living quarters, their, where their beds were, was filled with fleas. Absolutely infested with fleas. And so her sister turns to Corrie and she says, thank God for fleas. We're just gonna thank God. Thank God for the fleas. Thank God for our bed. Thank God. They just started thanking God for whatever they could see. But what they ended up working out was that the guards would not come into their living quarters because they were so infested with fleas. Because the guards would not come into the living quarters, they were able to do Bible studies. They were able to share the word. They were able to pray together with the other prisoners. Thank God for the fleas. If they can thank God for fleas in a concentration camp, I know that we have things in our lives that God is doing and God is performing and the miracles that He's unleashing on your life that you can give thanks for it. So we have this equation of rejoice always, pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances. When we pray about the things that we cannot control and surrender them to God, pray about the negative things and thank God for all the good things, then we enter a place of joy. And I love that it says rejoice. I chose this specific translation for this reason. 
Other translations say, always be joyful. But I love that this one says rejoice. Because it almost gives me permission to have times where I'm not joyful. But there's always a time and there's always a place to re-enter. Re-enter that place of joy. I have the option that I can start praying, I can start thanking God, and I can rejoice, be joyful again and come back to that place that even though I may feel like I'm struggling and not feeling the joy, I have that option to do it again, to rejoice and to re-enter that place, regardless of my circumstances, regardless of what's happening in my life, I've been given the keys to a place of joyce, rejoice, joyce, joyful. In Psalm 30, verse 5, it says, Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. We may weep through the night. But in the morning comes joy. You know what that speaks to me? In Genesis, God created the heavens and the earth. He created a moon, a sun in the daylight, a light in the daylight, and a light at nighttime, and he separated day versus night. So just the same way as morning comes around each and every time, your joy is right there coming in the morning. Just as likely as the sun is to rise in the morning is just as likely as you are to re-enter a place of joy. We just got to step into it. And you know, if the sun doesn't rise in the morning, you're probably with Jesus anyway, so. <laughs> so this morning I want to share and finish with this. I can't go past and speak a, a message of joy without sharing something from Philippians, which is Paul's, Paul's letter to the Philippians, which is like his joy letter. He finishes the letter off towards the end. He says, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice, rejoice. Always be joyful. Re-enter that place of joys, joy. Even when you're walking through challenges, even when you're going through a hard time, I say it again, rejoice. Do it again. Doesn't matter how many times you fall down, it's how many times you get back. No matter how many challenges you face, rejoice again, rejoice again. Don't let the enemy, don't let anyone steal your joy. If it's attacked, if it's challenged, rejoice again. Go back to that place, rejoice again. Don't let anybody steal that place of joy because when we have true joy, you cannot contain it, you cannot hide it. It's a city on the hill, it's what speaks to the world, it's what other people see. It's a powerful testimony that I can walk through challenges, I can walk through the valley of the shadow of death and I can do it with joy. Because I know whose I am. I know where my help comes from. I know who my Lord and my Savior is. I know how the story ends. So it doesn't matter what I face and what I walk through because I've got the strength of joy. I have the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Hey, down in my heart. 
down in my heart. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Come on, come on, come on. So this morning, (laughs) he's got the joy down in his heart. Remember where your joy comes from. Remember who holds your joy. It's not in your circumstances. It's not in your bank account. It's not in your work situation. It's not in your friendships and relationships. Yes, all of those things can help make you happy. But the true place of joy comes from the Lord. The true place of joy comes from the Lord. So with our eyes closed and heads bowed, if you feel like your joy has been missing, then I encourage you to raise your hand. If you feel like your joy has been attacked, raise your hand. I wanna pray with you this morning. Lord, I thank you that you are our source of joy. I thank you that you are our Lord and our Savior, God. I thank you that what you've done has conquered all things already. At every knee shall bow to the name of Jesus. And so, Lord, today we can walk tall in strength because we have your joy that you pass on to us. It's our position in you, Christ Jesus, that gives us our joy, you know, the, the balance of our circumstances, not the balance of our bank account, not, not our relationships, Heavenly Father, Lord, but it is you who gives us joy. And God, I pray and give thanks. We give thanks to all that you're doing, God, that you're always moving, that you're always doing miracles, that you've, you've provided, you've given to us so much already. And we, we thank you for these things, Heavenly Father. And God, we say, we're ready to enter a place of joy. We're ready to enter this place of joy in you, Heavenly Father. We thank you, God, that we, whenever we're challenged and wherever we're down, we can re-enter, that we can rejoice again, that we can come back to this place of joy in you. And so God, I pray, let every one of us, every person here in the building and everybody who's online joining us today, Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you, Help them into this place of joy. We thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.